everybody and welcome back to another episode of the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe the fight podcast i am your host serge vicente and this is episode 284 of the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe the fight podcast as we know what it is man we got a lot to get to it's early in the day i haven't done this in a little bit man so we got a morning coffee and fight news so let me go ahead and take a sip and get this crack Usman KO of Masvidal. We'll talk about Rose's KO of Oweile. We'll talk about Valentina domination and finish of uh, of um, of her opponent, Chris Weidman, and so much more. So let's go ahead and jump into the episode. I hope, like I said, you guys are having a beautiful morning or day, wherever you guys are in the world. And uh, this weekend was incredible. The this weekend was a fight fans dream. We've had a couple great weekends recently. We really have. I mean, the week before last, we had the paper, we had the UFC card, we had the PFL, or should I say Bellator, and then we also had uh um the WWE's WrestleMania. So we've had some really awesome weekends just chock full of fights, boxing, even last weekend with the trailer events and shit. So there's been so much going on. But in terms of MMA, in terms of the UFC. Yo, they did it right. And there's a reason why they are the best in the world. And UFC 261 had everything. So let's go ahead and jump into the episode. UFC 261 um, was down there in Jacksonville, Florida. Sold out crowd. The first people to bring back a full capacity crowd. Now, before I go ahead and jump into it, because I do want to give the UFC props. They went out there, they did it, and having a show full of fans, there is absolutely a different energy in the building. There's absolutely a different energy. I can't make it up. I can't sit there and say, oh, they shouldn't have done it, because how do I feel? I definitely feel they should still have regulations. They should still have restrictions. We're still in a pandemic, but 
This morning, the CDC said if you went out there and you got vaccinated, you can go out there and walk around with no mask on. Look, I don't trust all y'all, so I'm going to still have my mask on, but I totally understand. So if we're out there, the stadiums are open, fantastic, right? But the show, the energy itself was awesome. The card itself produced. I'm talking about from the moment the card started, from the the flyweights that kicked it off from the very beginning, it was fisticuffs. It was incredible. Amazing energy in the building. The crowd. Dude, I hate, I've always hated that uh, that that Ric Flair, woo, that they say. You always hear it in the crowd, woo. Dude, I was so hype. So hype to hear that woo in the crowd man and and you and i think really realistically the athletes felt the same way we were able to see the performances you can see that the athletes were there ready ready to perform you can see that they were there they were ready to answer the call and and it, it definitely felt like a moment it felt like a historic moment in the ufc so watching the event, obviously it feels like we have three title fights on the card. And, and I'm going to tell you guys this. Look, we had three. Not only do we have three title fights, we had three finishes in those title fights. This is the first time that's happened since UFC 217 was the only other one that, that ended in three title fight finishes. That was GSP def- uh, defeating Michael Bisbing, TJ Dillashaw, taking the belt from Cody Garbrandt, Rose Namajunas common theme of beating Ioana and Jacek. So this is the first time we've seen this in a while. It was so exciting. But again, it wasn't just the title fights. The entire card was just amazing. Um, It was cool to see the the commentary team right back next to each other, having John Anik, having DC, having Joe Rogan there. It felt good and it felt exciting. It really felt like we had fights back. So I'm not mad at that at all. We still in COVID, but like I said, the CDC, as of this morning, says if you're vaccinated with both of your vaccinations, you don't have to wear a mask. So if that's the case, and you're supposed to have small gatherings, granted, full stadium show, but it's Florida. What the fuck are we going to expect, right? <laughs> it is what it is. Um, let's talk about this card because I want to get, there's so much to really get into. And again, morning coffee and fight news. I'm solo dolo. We're going to try to get us in and out this morning, okay? I want to make sure I'm getting all this information to you because there's so much to get to today. Um, let's get into this. Starting off, Kamaro Usman goes out there and absolutely destroys Jorge Masvidal, gets his second round KO, a minute and two seconds of the second round, okay? Moves his record to 19 and one. Jorge is now 35 and 15. Guys, this fight was everything that we could have asked for. We have been asking for the buildup of this fight was great. We actually got a full camp. You had Kamar Usman go out there and he's just destroyed um, Gilbert Burns. So we, he came through a quick turnaround and leading up to this. And I even said at the beginning, and I guess I was a prisoner of the moment or I just allowed myself to get sucked into it. Everything that was going on with Jorge Masvidal, but he looked in shape. He looked ready. And the way I really looked at this fight going into it was if anybody has an opportunity to really make an adjustment, it's the guy that lost. Jorge's never been stopped in his career. Should I say he hasn't been stopped in 13 years? Something along those lines. So in looking at it, I was like, I saw this happen before. He couldn't get, he's not as good as Jorge on the feet. Jorge was so much faster. So I anticipated that if there was anything shocking to happen, 
let's go with the underdog. Let's go here, Jorge Masvidal, because I honestly didn't believe that Kamara Usman was... I didn't believe that he can continue evolving. And people, I'm here to tell you right now, he's still evolving. 34 years, 33, 34 years old, he is still evolving, which is such a scary prospect. So what did we learn in this matchup? What did we learn after this? Because well, again, he goes out there, he completely dominates the fight. And here's the thing, guys. When you really look at this fight, this really wasn't even close on the feet. This wasn't close at all on the feet. Right from the onset, Kamar Usman started tagging, tagging Jorge Masvidal with a lead right hand. Look, I know we talk boxing. I have a guru come on later on this week. Our shout out to our brother, Brandon Camille. But he's one of the, we're, we'll talk about boxing a little bit. And in boxing, one of the most difficult things to do, and you can tell a boxer was really feeling it, if he can sit there and land a lead right hand. Kamara Usman was leading a was landing his lead right hand at at will to the point that even Jorge when he got cracked by it, this dude literally started looking behind him he turned around 180 degrees when he got cracked with that right hand I have never seen that happen to Jorge Masvidal and one thing that we did say coming into this fight is the amazing timing that's the thing about Kamara Usman he wasn't the fastest guy in the world but even his coach Trevor Whitman which we'll get to in a minute one thing about him is it really shows is that how brilliant and how amazing his timing is. Great timing, great. He knows exactly when to launch his punches. So what did we learn? One, obviously, has amazing timing. Two, he's still evolving. But three, pound for pound, Kamar Usman is the best MMA fighter in the world. Not just the UFC. He is the best pound for pound fighter in the world. But Serge... What about John Jones? What about Khabib? What about Connor? Connor isn't even in the top 15. Okay? I'm just being honest with you. Khabib is retired. Take him out of it. Look at John Jones' last four fights. Have they really been that impressive? Has that been the number one pound for pound fighter in the world? Is he blowing you away? No. It's Kamaru Usman, people. It is Kamaru. Dean Usman, he is absolutely the pound for pound best fighter in the world. And he's showing the reason that he's the best fighter in the world is because with Khabib Nurmagomedov out, he is absolutely the best wrestler in MMA. Debatable, Islam Makachev is still there. Gregor Giuseppe is still there. So there's some good ones up there, but he is still one of the best, if not the best, top five for sure, wrestlers in the UFC. And the fact that he's able to not only be one of the best wrestlers in the game, now he's knocking out elite strikers guys i'm telling you he is this is one thing that i had to say because i want to bring this up and i and i really had to think about this especially because a lot of people are going to start asking about who's the welterweight goat right gsp or kamar usman who's better what what has been more impressive is it more impressive that gsp learned wrestling secondary and it became the best wrestler in mma at the time or is it more impressive, Kamar Usman coming in with a wrestling background and all of a sudden get to the point that he is not only become a good striker, he's getting to the point that he's becoming an elite striker and he is KOing and finishing elite strikers. And the reason that I say what Kamar Usman is doing is by far more impressive in my estimation. 
The reason I thoroughly believe that it is far more impressive that what he is doing at this point in time in his career than what was done by GSP is because he's not as risk averse. It got to a point in time in GSP's career where at the end of the day, he was like, look, I got knocked out by Matt Serra. I'm not messing around anymore. I'm, I'm going to hit you with this double leg. I'm going to jab your, you jab your face off, jab to get in, take you down, control the fight, try to submit you from the ground. That is what GSP's game turned into. Kamara Usman's game started off that way. Wrestle control, wrestle control, wrestle control. And now his game is evolving that at the end of the day, he's not, he's taking risks. He's taking more risks, putting himself in the line of fire. Having, honestly, amazing fights. The fight with Kobe Covington, the fight with Gilbert Burns, and now this fight with Jorge Masvidal. He's putting himself in the line of fire and he's still winning and he's winning in a big way. What he's doing in my estimation, this is my opinion alone, is at this point in time more impressive and then what GSP did towards the latter half of his career. Because I say that they're about the middle. And he's in his prime. I'm talking about the middle point of both of them. So is he the welterweight GOAT? I'm not going to say that yet. But will he be? I, I, I thoroughly anticipate it. And here's the thing. I'm going to be honest with you. If he stays at the path that he's currently going now. Ends up getting those 13, 14 title defenses at welterweight beat these top guys in their prime over and over again. Because again, let me bring up another guy that a lot of people like to say is the GOAT. People always bring up John Jones. And John Jones, even in my estimation, is somebody that I've said is the GOAT. But here's the thing about that. Let's go back and look at John Jones's fights in comparison to Kamar Usman. Who was fighting these guys in their prime? You cannot tell me that Rampage was in his prime. You cannot tell me that Shogun Hu was in his prime. You can't even tell me that Rashad Evans was in his prime. Loyota Machida, come on, son. He, he ended up, he was a middleweight for the majority of his career. So if I really think about it and say whose career is even more impressive to this point, I mean, to this point, because obviously John Jones has been there longer. You say John Jones, but at that point where they have the belts and everything, who's more impressive? Who's be better guys? I'm going to tell you it's Kamara Usman. Go back and look at his record. And now he's lapping these guys. He already beat Leon Edwards. And I don't care what you guys have to say. Leon Edwards is, if not the second, the third best guy in that weight class. Leon Edwards is a dog. And he is going to do such bad. He's going to do some dirty things to Nate Diaz. I'm telling you. He's going to drag that man. Especially what after what happened to Bilal Muhammad. My man is going to go out there ready to work. So what I'm saying is, if Kamaru Usman continues at the pace that he's going, we're looking at a guy that in the next year or two, we can, we're honestly going to be sitting there saying, this man is the GOAT. And I'm not being a prisoner of the moment by saying this. I'm just looking at the whole picture. I'm taking a step back and saying, damn. Because think about this. He's going to go have to go through Kobe again. He's going to have to go through Wonder Boy. There are so many guys that he's still going to, he has to get through. And here's the thing, he's already beaten most of them already. He's beaten Gil. He's beaten Jorge twice. He already beat Kobe. He broke his face. Literally, the only one he hasn't fought to this, but he beat Leon Edwards early in their UFC careers. It's impressive, man. What this dude is impressive. And what he did this weekend is honestly, in my thorough opinion, he became a star. So who should be next? What should be the next fight for Kamar Usman? Should it be Kobe Covington? He's on a one-fight winning streak. 
beat Tyron Woodley. Not that impressive. Everybody's beating Tyron Woodley. Leanne Edwards, eight fight winning streak. He has Nate Des coming up. Or Wonder Boy Thompson, two fight winning streak. Maybe he has Gilbert Burns coming up. Or my dark horse, Michael Chiesa. Michael Chiesa is on a four fight winning streak at Welterweight. That is a guy that could be a interesting matchup. I'm not saying that he could win. I think it'll be an interesting matchup. Um, I think probably the winner is going to get whoever. I honestly, Dana White said that Colby Covington is going to go ahead and get the rematch. I think the winner of that fight is going to get the winner of Gilbert Burns and um, and uh, and uh, Wonderboy Thompson, unless unless if Leon Edwards on his eight fight winning streak goes out there and absolutely dominates and destroys Nate Diaz like I believe he can, then he will leapfrog Kobe Covington because Kobe Covington hasn't been playing ball and he'll end up getting a title shot. I'm telling you, just keep your eyes and ears open for it. I truly believe that could end up happening. All right, um, let's move right along. Is that everything I want to say about this one? Uh, all right, cool. Yep, that's everything I want to say about that. All right, moving right along. Um, let's go talk about the co-main event. Um, and really quick, shit, we got all kinds of people drag racing and shit by the by the by the window. What is going on? Uh, again, hope you guys are having an amazing day. This is episode two eighty four of the greatest combat sports coach in the entire universe, the Fight Podcast. I'm your host, Serge Vicente. If you guys remember, listen to the Fight Podcast everywhere. Podcasting is available. Apple, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Uh, Check us out at thefightpodcast.com. Listen, like, subscribe, and share. Check us out at the Fight Podcast on IG. All of our episodes live there. You can even go straight to our website from there if you have any questions. So check us out. um, And also check out all of our other shows. Check out High Kicking It. Check out Brothers in Combat with myself and Darnell Giovanni from Mystic Black MMA. I'm telling you. We are the best. We are the dynamic duo of the combat sports media world, and we are the best ones at it. So check that out and so much more, man. All right. Let's move right along. Co-made event time. Rose Namajunas gets her belt back, becoming the first woman in UFC history to get her belt back after taking a loss. Um, She defeats Wei Li Zhang via first round knockout. It happened one minute and 18 seconds of the very first round um it snapped uh Wei Li Zhang's 21 fight win streak people snapped her win streak and uh for Yuani and Jade now Yuan I'm sorry for um Rose Namajunas she lost her belt in 2019 she said she won her belt in 2017 she lost her belt in 2019 when she got dropped on the head by Jessica Andrade and then she actually now 2021 gets the belt back so great story from her awesome performance this was one of the feel-good stories of the night for for most people she goes out there stone cold killer Li Zhang, and I'm, I'm not gonna lie to you guys i before this fight when this fight was first announced i thought that rose was gonna run through her just because of stylistically i thought it was gonna be an issue with Rose's comments that she made with china and everything you know you guys who've been listening to the fight podcast long enough you know how i am i I I don't I don't fuck with any tomfoolery that comes to anything that I can deem to be racist in any way, shape, or form. So when I saw that, I, I let my heart kind of get into it, clouded it, and I, and I wasn't thinking with my head. Um, granted, I still believed it was going to be a good fight, but I thought that Rose would have run through her. 
And my initial thought, my gut inclination was right. And Rose is just too good, man. I think when Rose Namajunas is on her game, she is the best. She, I'm going to say it again. She is the best first round fighter in the world. The only other fighter that I can, man or female, that I can think of that is better or equally as good as Rose Namajunas in the very first round is Conor McGregor. That's it. They come out like a like Usain Bolt out of the blocks. It is incredible the way that they go out there, especially Rose. Her movement is incredible. And here's the thing. People are saying, oh, this, the fight was stopped prematurely. Not at all. And I will be honest with you, and we're going to talk about this in a moment, who should be next for Rose Namajunas. And I, I don't know it should be Weili Zhang. Because I don't really believe this fight's going to be much different. And the reason that I say that is this. It wasn't just a lucky punch. She got set up. She got tricked. There is a video going around. Wei Li Zhang was training with Sanchai, the legend Sanchai. And she is working on the defense to an inside leg kick. Moves her hips out the way. Hands come out. Hips out the way. Boom, boom, boom. Something that she's worked on and she's done. And she even did it a couple times earlier in the round. When I say earlier in the round, remember the fight stopped at a minute and 18 seconds of the very first round. So first few, you know, punches and strikes exchanged. Rose picked up on that, set her up, and then threw a question mark kick literally in between her guard. Most times when people are actually sitting there guarding, it's hard to get hit with a head kick. But if your hands are here, kicks come around. And catch you on your forearms. So you can block it with your forearms. When Willie Jung picked her arms up. The kick came in between. And caught her. You don't see that coming. She set her up beautifully. She set her up beautifully. So I'll be very honest with you. If this fight ends up being a rematch. I don't know if anything different happens. She is that good. So good to see her going there. And here's the thing. Now we have options. We have Carla Sparza. The initial... The first flyweight champion. She's on a four-fight winning streak. For the inaugural belt of, or, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I said flyweight, of strawweight, 115 pounds. Carlos Sparza beat Rose Namajunas coming off of the, the Ultimate Fighter. So that would be a rematch. That would be great. Carlos Sparza is on a four-fight win streak. Granted, a couple of those wins are split decisions. Carlos Sparza, for me, I'll be very honest with you. She is a heavy, she is a, an aggressive wrestler in this game. I think she is tough. I think she is gritty. Do I think she is one of the best in the world? I, no, I don't believe that she can win the title again. I don't. I think Rose is going to be far too much for her, but that is an absolute fight that you can make, especially because it would be a rematch. Is it going to be Joanna and Jacek? Rose beat her twice. So I don't know if they're going to make that happen, but Joanna is one of the top three women in this weight class. So it's a fight that stylistically it's fun we've seen it before the second fight was close as fuck maybe we can see a trilogy who knows Wei Li Zhang I told you guys how I feel about that one but she's been the champion 20 fight 21 fight win streak we can see and here's my dark horse Yan Jopan okay Joan. I'm sorry if I said your name wrong um teammate of Wei Li Zhang another Chinese fighter and I don't know if you guys have seen this she is an absolute killer she is knocking people out left and right. She is beating people up. She, in my opinion, is the one who should get the title shot next. We haven't seen this matchup. It is a fresh matchup. 
and it is a way that we can keep that Chinese market business-wise for the UFC in the fold. That's who I'd go with next if I was UFC. But all in all, love what I'm seeing. Um, it was it was a beautiful moment seeing Pat Barry. Literally, like, first of all, you can tell they love each other. Big passionate kiss, mwah, right in the face. And then, like afterwards, he's literally yelling at her. You're the fucking best in the world. We've talked about this. And she's like, yeah, he's like, say it out loud. She's like, I'm the best in the world. I'm the best in the world. Dude, it was wild to see. It was great to see, to be able to kind of see that excitement and um, the, the, the authentic passion within them. I love what I saw. Salute to them. Um, great job, Rose Nama Yunus. All right. Um, also, guys, this was the eighth KO via head kick in UFC title fight history. One of the other people that did that is one of my all-time favorite fighters in the world and the person who was on the first title fight of the night. We're talking about Valentina Shevchenko. She goes out here and absolutely dominates, dominates Jessica Andrade. Um, it, a lot of people went into this fight saying that Jessica Andrade is so strong and physical. She'll be able to take her down and control her because of what we saw in the Jennifer Maya fight. I thought the Jennifer Meyer fight was a fluke. And guess what? So did Valentina Shevchenko. Valentina Shevchenko went out there and literally said after the fight, did I, did I write this down? Yeah, I did. Opponents trying to figure out a weakness of mine? Don't. Don't waste your time. There is none. I'm going to say it one time. Opponents trying to figure out a weakness of mine. Don't waste your time. There is none. Fam, there isn't a weakness in her game. For my estimation, for my opinion, she is the best, the best pound, number one pound for pound woman in the world. What about Amanda Nunes? I know. I think Amanda Nunes is great. I really do. Go, sir. She beat her twice. Did she though? Did she though? Okay, you're right. On the record, she did. But you go to any major analyst. You go to anybody who really knows the sport and they go back and watch that fight again. I am telling you, if you have not seen it, go back, watch Valentina Shevchenko versus um, Amanda Nunes 2. Tell me with a straight face that you believe that Amanda Nunes won that fight. I guarantee you, you won't be able to. Valentina Shevchenko won that fight. So for everybody saying she's not big enough, even Dana White after the fight saying she's not big enough, I don't believe that. She whooped Holly Holmes' ass. She whooped so many people's ass up there. And here's the thing. Now, she's seven-fight win streak, 21-3, um, and 10-2 UFC record. She goes out there and just dominates Jessica Andrade, 319 in the second round to an opponent that everybody believed was going to be the one that was actually going to give her some fucking problems. And she gave her nothing. And she actually went out there and pretty much said so at the end of the fight and said, look, I did this because y'all pissed me off. You guys think that these women actually have something for me and they don't. And she went out there and proved it again. What an amazing performance. She just absolutely dominated. Um, she's too good. She's too strong. Who's next? I don't, I don't know. Everyone's trying to say Lauren Murphy. Fine. Give Lauren Murphy this. She's 14 and four. She's on a four fight winning streak. She gets absolutely dog walked by Valentina as well. The only fight that makes sense in my opinion at this point in time is Amanda Nunes. That's it. So let's do this. If each of them get past their next fight, which we all know that they will, end of the year, New Year's Eve show, whatever you guys want to do, that's the one. You make that Valentina Shevchenko, Amanda Nunes, 
for the real quote. All right, let's talk about it. Let's do that. I would love it. All right. The, okay. Moving right along, guys. And I know I feel like we're just kind of rifling them off. And I'll get more in depth in a lot of these topics. We have more shows coming up this week. We got Brothers in Combat with Darnell Giovanni of Mystic Black. I'll go out there, you know, so we'll we'll deep dive a little bit more in some of these. But there's so I'm telling you, yo, there is so much shit to get to. Um, this card had everything. It had the drama. It had the 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 glory. It had all like those moments on the, the highest of highs. But it also had the lowest of lows. Chris Weidman. Oh, dude, if you guys were watching this, it it, it broke my heart. Chris Weidman, Uriah Hall, a match 11 years in the making that we've really been looking forward to. Chris Weidman moved down to, to Carolina to work with Wonderboy Thompson and get you know work with bigger guys. He worked with, with with Anthony Smith and he's really doing his thing. Looked in fantastic shape. Uriah Hall, he's down there now in Dallas at Fortis MMA. He's gotten so good to the point that he is now the team captain at Fortis MMA. He's the fucking man. And in my opinion, he's one of those guys that with a big win against Chris Weidman, he's ranked number nine. You can literally put him in that title contention picture. You could have. You still can. Fight kicks off. They move around. Chris Weidman rips a kick to the to a lower leg kick. Um, checked beautifully by Uriah Hall. Eerie, eerie Anderson Silva moment. Chris, we hear a crack. Chris Weidman goes a step back. There's nothing there. Chris Weidman breaks his fibula. Um, if you guys haven't seen it already, you don't have to because I'm sure you've already seen Anderson Silva's. It looked exactly the same. And the thing that was so eerie about it is that when and- Anderson Silva broke his leg on Chris Weidman, now Chris Weidman broke his leg on Anderson Silva. Uriah Hall being in the middle of it was so interesting also because that was his first loss. He was going out there to redeem his first loss of his career. Chris Weidman is the first guy to beat Anderson Silva. Uriah Hall was the last guy to beat Anderson Silva. There was so much. It was so much. It was, it was weird. It was weird. It was eerie. And, and my heart goes out to Chris Weidman and his family. You never want to see anything like that. And that's the thing. I've seen it. I saw it happen to Anderson Silva. I saw it happen to my favorite kickboxer at the time, Tyrone Spung, uh, when he fought against Gokansaki and Glory. This is a part of the sport. It happens. It's just super unfortunate. Now, with everyone now shooting for a calf kick, is this something that could happen more regularly? I hate to be honest with you and tell you, but yeah. Yeah, with the implementation of the calf kick as effective as it is, the defense to it is going to be to open your leg up, catch catch their shin with your knee, and it's going to be a whole lot of broken tibias all around. I am telling you, that is the defense to it, and that's how people are going to start defending it. So um, do I think it's something that we're going to see again? I unfortunately do because how many people are really using it. Because here's the thing. When you're throwing that kick, you want to do one of two things. And Chris really ripped that kick. You want to hit the meat of the thigh right above the knee or what Dustin Poirier did to Conor McGregor, you want to hit him on the calf. Here's the problem. If you miss and you hit that knee, the, the bone right above the knee side, right under the knee socket, it is the one of the hardest bones on your body. 
I'm telling you, if you catch it at the wrong spot where Chris did at the bottom, it snaps city. It was a terrible thing to watch. It was a terrible thing to listen to. And, and I'm really sorry for Chris Weidman. Um, he had a successful surgery on Monday. He has to take at minimum um, 12 to 18 months off. He can't walk for eight months. Here's the question. Is Chris Weidman's career over? Anderson Silva, after the, that injury, came back. So Chris Weidman is, is, is determined. Can he come back in a year or two? Yes, he absolutely can. He's 36 years old. He's a long in the tooth, but absolutely can come back. But I'm going to be honest. With you. I'm going to keep it a being with you guys because that's what I always do. I think his career is over. If we look at the, what's happened in the back half of his career, ever since he lost his title to Luke Rockhold, he's been knocked out a, a plethora of times. And it seems like he he just just is just he's can't get right. Can't figure it out. He just keeps getting bad luck after bad luck after bad luck. And, um, and now that his body is breaking down in the way that it is, I will be honest with you guys. I I don't think he should continue. Chris Weidman is such an intelligent guy. In the ring and outside of the ring, I think he has a lot to offer the world, and I think he has a lot to offer MMA outside of actually still competing. I hope that whatever he does, it's that's what he wants to do. I think he'll be successful at whatever he does. Um, he's one of the good guys in the sport. I'm so sad that this happened to him, and I'm also really sad that what happened to, to, to Uriah Hall because I'll be honest with you guys. I had Uriah Hall picked to starch Chris Weidman on this fight, and and he's been looking so good. And if you went out there and starched him, he, he is absolutely in that title contention. And he's one of those guys that with all the hype that he had coming in, it, this is this was vindication. This is some this is that story shit that you want to see. And here's the thing: that's still a win. He still essentially put that strike together to, to, to put damage upon his opponent. So you can't take that away from him. He gets one win, guys. He's in title picture. I don't know who he gets. Who should we feed him next? I don't know. But I'm telling you one thing. You look at those guys in the top five, man, Jack Hermanson comes to mind. You don't want to see Uriah Hall. There's some guys right now I don't think who want to see Uriah Hall. Um, sorry, terrible scene. I hate that it happened. Um, ugh, I just hate, hate to see it, man. Um, other um, great things, though, positive things on the card. There were some great uh, fights. Um, who did I want to bring up? I want to bring up um, Rude Boy. Why am I blanking on his name? Well, he did his thing. And uh, and Alex Smith goes out there and picks up a amazing win against Jimmy Crute. He needed this win. And he again, he's only 32 years old. He really proved to us that he's not going anywhere. He's still, after the fight, he's like, I'm still getting better, guys. So... Great to see him get back on the, the winning track. All in all, great fight card, action-packed from the beginning, and I loved it. Um, the weekend, but that wasn't it, right? That wasn't it for the weekend. We also had PFL 1, and PFL 1 was exciting, guys. ESPN Plus, you guys got one. PFL, you have one. All the upsets. Clay Collard goes out there and beats Anthony Pettis. Anthony Pettis looked like he had a little magic left at the end. Almost pulled out an amazing come-from-behind knockout win. But I'll be honest with you guys. Clay Collard whooped his ass from pillar to post. That was that was twenty, you know, thirty twenty seven on my book, or should I say twenty nine twenty eight my book because of the last round of Anthony Pettis. But I, it could have easily been, you know, all three rounds to Clay Collard. Salute to him. If you guys don't know Clay Collard, 
he was the the darling of uh of top rank the last year 2020 he was actually boxing in 2020 and was just be- they were trying to put prospects out there uh to beat him they were trying to have him as a step-up fight he was beating some of the best guys in the world and he does it again in the pfl great win there bubba jenkins also went out there and defeated the legendary lance palmer lance palmer is a two-time winner of the pfl tournament Bubba Jenkins goes out there and honestly just dominate him. And I want to give a shout out to uh, Bubba Jenkins' team, Dewey Cooper, friend of the show, and now those guys over there at Extreme Couture. They are doing wonders over there. That team is really kicking ass right now. Amazing win by him. All right, that's about all the fight talk that I have. Let's get to fight news. But before we get to that, remember, everybody who is watching live, thank you. Everyone's watching on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitch. I appreciate you guys paying attention. Remember, check out the podcast on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Check us out at thefightpodcast.com. Listen, like, subscribe, and share. All right, let me take a little sip because it is morning coffee and fight news, right? I got to have my coffee. Uh, guys, I just um, got a new deal signed up, and um, I'm uh, the newest member of uh, Team On It. So we are on On It. So um, we have, you know, obviously we're on some Alpha Brand and everything today. I'll start putting up this week the promo codes and everything. But you guys get a great discount with us here at the Fight Podcast. Um, Alpha Brand is one of their their pillar uh, products. Love what they have there. Even my kettlebell. If you guys look behind me, I don't know if you can see it there. You can't see it behind me. Got a couple kettlebells behind me. All those are also from Onnit. So uh, great products, great supplements. Love what they do. Check out Onnit today. But don't check them out till I give y'all the promo code. That's on the fightpodcast.com and our IG page. <laughs> all right. Uh, but I do have, check out cbdpure.com. Also, all of this will be in the uh, for the best source CBD on the planet. We got CBD Pure. Uh, they're absolutely phenomenal. Um, friend of the show. They're one of our sponsors as well. Check them out. CBDPure.com. All right. Fight news. We do have some fights. Fights announced um, June 10th. We have Israel Adesanya making his return to middleweight against um, Marvin Vittori. This is a rematch. A lot of people are excited about this. I can care less. Um, this is going to be a one-sided ass whooping Adesanya. I thoroughly believe is going to throttle um, Marvin Vittori. But hey, Marvin Vittori is, is on a streak, and uh, he has earned this spot, so salute to him. Also, Conor McGregor post-fight calls out Kamaru Usman, and a lot of people are asking me to ask, is this a fight that will happen? So if you guys don't know, Conor McGregor goes out there, and uh, and there was he puts a, he said, Kamaru Usman's essentially taking my, you know, copying my, uh, my combinations. And uh, then he puts a, vid- a vid- video of a one-two combo. So essentially, Conor McGregor is saying that he invented a one-two combo and that Kamar Usman is biting his style and that eventually that they're going to fight. I am going to tell you guys, and I'll be very honest with you, Conor McGregor, if you ever watch this show, I'm going to tell you as well, you don't want to fight Kamar Usman. Kamar Usman would destroy Conor McGregor. It won't even be a close fight. If you want to see a murder, maybe we can watch that fight. It's not going to be close. He can do whatever he wants to to Connor. And I'll be honest with you, Connor cannot hurt him. Connor can't even hurt the guys in his own weight class anymore. Do you think he's going to, the guy who is knocking out the best strikers in a weight class above? Dude, it's not going to happen. I'm telling you guys right now, Connor don't want that smoke, but we'll talk about it a little bit more in the future. We'll see what happens. But last, certainly not least, guys, we've had Nick Diaz sightings, the big brother. To the legendary Nate Diaz, the actual legend, the OG in this game, Nick Diaz, 
It seems like he might be coming back in the name that a lot of people are talking to because he did have a meeting with Dana White after UFC 261 in Jacksonville. He was in the building. He was there. A lot of people are saying it might be Kamzat Shemaev. Kamzat, remember, he had a great 2020, had to take a lot of time off because of COVID. Nick's been off for five years. Would that happen? I don't know. Also, a fight that I think would be a better idea. Nick Diaz versus Jorge Masvidal. It sells itself. I'm telling you, it sells itself. But we'll see what ends up happening. I cannot wait. All in all, guys, it has been a fantastic, fantastic fight weekend. I'm telling you, I had to come in here solo dolo to knock this out today. And we still knocked out 40 minutes. It was so much to get to. For everybody who watched live today on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitch, I appreciate you guys. Everybody else, check us out on the fightpodcast.com. Check us out everywhere podcasting is available. Apple, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Check us out at thefightpodcast.com. Check us out also on all social media platforms at The Fight Podcast. Check me out at Serge Vicente. I am your host of the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe, The Fight Podcast. This has been episode 284, Morning Coffee and Fight News. Love you guys. I'll see you next time right here on The Fight Podcast. Deuces.